Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is your Bomb Wednesday service. I am Naima Cochran, your senior pastor. And with me, as always, is, I'll let him introduce himself. Your um, director of health ministry, um, congregation, <laughs> um, I need to speak to you all today. Oh, Lord Jesus. Pastor doesn't know that I'm doing this. I really don't. I just fine. want to let the congregation know. Um, as your li- liaison to the anointed one, 
that she is uh, someone I didn't know she was, and I found out this week, you all, that we are in the presence of music royalty. Okay, uh, first of all, I'm not, I'm yeah. hardly, I'm hardly. Yeah, no, because no, I can't let people yeah. think that I'm out here gassing it, myself more than I actually am. There is a glow around the pastor, y'all. That's and it is. It's a I, ring light. I, 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 it might be a ring light, you know what? <laughs> but you know what? It is, it is a glow. I have learned so much sitting down with the anointed one, having conversations, and listen, she is a true vessel of the Lord. And that, I'll leave what, Karin, what Karin is saying is that he never bothered to read my bio nor actually listen to any interviews where I talk about what I actually did for it. I read that's, the that's bio. what he means. I got okay. the notes <laughs> that the bio didn't go into <laughs> detail about. Okay, okay, fair. That's, that's, that's fair. Uh, Basically, what happened was Karin and I had a conversation yesterday about some of my experiences over my time in the music industry. And he feels like I'm way too casual with referencing people I know, things I've seen and done, et cetera, and my access. But I try to explain to him that for me and and for my peers, um, my life career has been comparatively speaking, relatively normal for my peers in entertainment, although I know it's not for other people. She, de- I get she deserves a Netflix documentary, and that's all I'll say. I that's absolutely do not. I would say. Because who I, who I am not is Clarence Avon. I ain't even met Clarence Avon. See, I can't even talk. I can't even talk that low. But you shit. know people um, who know him. I, I do. But that's, but that's still, that's different. Um, all right. We got a, we have a lot to cover today and Rob is probably already rolling his eyes because that means we're going to roll run over. But let, so we tape on Tuesday nights. You guys hear us on Wednesday mornings. Last week was shitty. <laughs> last week was a lot. Last week was a lot. Last week was a lot. It was heavy. It was taxing, but that's also been like every week. This year and also every week 2016, also every week since 2014, also every week in the existence of black people. But last week was last week was really a lot. It was so much that when I was wait, sitting in the We've been tired since the garden eat. Child. Ever since Adam man. ate that fruit, it's just been downhill from us. Just ever since. Man, man, why you couldn't just, stick to woo. the veggies, dog? You just had to. Just, yeah, just, yeah. Um, But last week was, there were so many things happened last week that when I was putting together the topics list to send to Karin, I actually forgot about the NBA strike. Like, I already forgot about the NBA strike. Like, that's how much happened last week. So, but before we get into it, um, I just want to, last week I almost forgot to do this, and this is why I'm supposed to do a top of show. Uh, let me do the housekeeping, you know, the administrative, deacon board, light bill paying things. Um, you guys already know spill by now, but let's go through it. We can call these church announcements. That's what we're going to call them, church announcements. So, again, you are with us here right now, wherever you may be, at whatever point you may be listening to us. And you are listening to us on the bomb feed of Count the Dings. So Count the Dings has an array of programming for you on, and I'm going to do this out of the normal order. I usually do it just to mix things up. Um, On the bomb feed on Tuesday, we have the OG show with the guys, Amin, 
Waz, Jerv, Trey, etc. The Black Opinions Matter motherfucker OG show, which most of you guys originally know me from. On Tuesdays, I'm sorry, that's on Tuesdays. On Wednesdays, you have me and Karin with Wednesday service. On Thursdays, you have Woke Bros with Waz and you have Growing Up the Same with Trey. And then on the Count the Dings feed, you have the Dad Pod on Monday, Cinephobe on, Cinephobes on Wednesday, and the Friday Mailbag. And there is also, I believe, still the, the Pack Your Knives feed. I need to look into that. Um, on Thursdays, uh, which is a Top Chef-centered podcast. I know it sounds very niche, but it's very entertaining. And then if that's not enough for you and you want more... You can always subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive content. That's patreon.com. Count the dings. And as always, we do have material for you to redirect your money from Sean King, but we're going to get back to that because we have a special uh, Sean King (laughs) mini discussion (laughs) to go into today. Um, So let's start with, um, Karin, I'm actually going to turn this over to you. Let's start with like, proper acknowledgments and tributes. We've lost some people just over the past several days. Um, two of them in the sports, beyond the sports world, but from this world. And since you are here with a sports jersey on, that seems to indicate to me, I love it. That indicates to me that you should take the floor for um, Cliff Robinson and for Coach for Coach Thomas. We, I mean, Thompson. So many. In the year of losing Kobe, in the year of losing David Stern, um, to to use it. Yo, I forgot yeah. David Stern died. Like this to year. use like all to right. use a Don King term. We've lost already two magnanimous sports figures, um, and over this past week, there was Clifford Robinson. Um, you know, most people know him um, from those Portland Trailblazer teams that lost to the Bulls and to the Bad Boy Pistons late 80s and early 90s in the finals. The original wear of the headband. Um, we lost Lou Olson, um, historic Hall of Fame coach of Arizona. And if you don't remember that Arizona team in 97 when they won it all, they were the only team in NCAA tournament that beat three number one seeds on the way to a championship. And that's the team where Mike Bibby premiered the phone posits, the pennies. Before Penny even realized them. So all the DC DMV listeners, because I know DC heads, all they wear is phones. Like Mike Bibby and that 97 team coached by Lou Dawson was from that. Then I used to love Mike Bibby. I'm sorry, go ahead. Then it was Big John Thompson, which kind of just came out of nowhere. And when John Thompson's, I had the same feeling kind of with Kobe because the outlet that broke it was a radio station in D.C., and it was late, late that night. And I saw it before I went to bed. And I was just like, this has to be a hoax. It has to be a joke. Someone got some bad information. Because as I kept refreshing, the journalist in me was like, all right, where are the secondary sources? And there weren't any about the time I got to bed. Um, and then I woke up and, like, Woj had it and everyone else did. And I was just like, damn, this is real. And then we were hit with, you know, Chadwick Boseman. And it's just been... Well, let's... I think... I feel like the listeners know... I just want to... I just want to go back to Coach Thompson to Big John for a second because somebody was talking about this on the timeline and I just wanted to reiterate. If you were... Okay, I'm going to speak about me. So, I was in high school from 89 to 93. 
I own like three Georgetown outfits. Like that was it was That's it? <laughs> it was well because I also had to make room for the UNLV outfits. And you know, all the and, the Michigan, and the Michigan and the Michigan outfits. All the super yes. black teams from like I, I all the super black teams, like and we all had the gear. We all but it was also like I used to think that yeah, the reason I was so engaged in, in college basketball back then was because they were closer to my age. And then I realized it was like, oh, we we kept the players all four years still yeah. then. So, like, it was, you know, so you had, like, built-up rivalries over time. Big East basketball was, like, off the chain. It was just it was just a really, to me, a really exciting time in college ball. But also, like, them fits used to be hard. Like, that merch used to be It's hitting. also, like, we grew up when... Oh, also at Duke merch too. Let me not. We are that, in Duke that. We came of age in the group when like the coolest black teams popped up in college basketball, and there's a hierarchy now. Right. And I explain it very quickly. Like me being from Michigan, you had the Fat Five that changed how you dressed in the shorts, in the black socks, in the shoes, and mm-hmm. the ball heads. And five freshmen starting that had never ever happened ever. Before, a couple years before them, it was UNLV. And it was this super black team with some Juco players that looked like they were grown men. And Larry Johnson had gold teeth. And you were just like, what is this? And they was beating teams by like 30 and 40 and going undefeated. And it just looked like dudes that was 29 playing against freshmen. And you were just like, this isn't fair. What is this? Before that, with the Georgetown and the Carolina like if you are black and of certain age and you grew up around your, your your father or your uncles or your grandparents, you either had like a million Georgetown sweatshirts and t-shirts like I did or North Carolina. And the reason why was people like we talked about last week with music and sports was very regional. And these were two teams that were on TV a lot, but North Carolina kind of broke the color barrier with Charlie Scott in the South and the ACC so they were the teams that older black men was like, okay, let's shift from North Carolina. They actually give them a blur of a shot. And then John Thompson came through and turned this very, very white school in this very, very white affluent area. The blackest basketball program. In Chocolate in City. But Jesus. like Georgetown's Ooh. campus is the whitest thing in D.C. And he had right. them wearing kente cloth. And you were just like, what the hell is this? Like, I was like 13 yeah. before I realized it was an HBCU. And, like, and, I, and I knew Georgetown wasn't... A, so that's what somebody asked on the timeline. I knew it wasn't an HBCU. I had no idea it was that yeah. white. Like, Georgetown was on my college list at one point just because of the basketball program. And I, and I, and I, like, and I was... My mom and my parents went to school in D.C. It's not like I was unfamiliar with mm-hmm. D.C. schools, but we really just... Our, our visual of... Our visual representation of Georgetown... What's a bunch of black kids? A bunch of black students? A bunch of black young black men? The coach, yeah, the roster, and the coach. like all you saw mm-hmm. when Georgetown came on your TV wasn't just black people, but like extra black ass people. <laughs> and I wrote this in my story right. about the Thompson thing. And 2010 was the first time I went to Georgetown campus. My ex girlfriend mm-hmm. was there for grad school. Went to see her, and we had to stop by campus. And we were walking around with the Georgetown cupcake, and I was just like. Oh, this is the whitest shit ever. And then that's when it it's hit so me. White. And I was like, how did John Thompson pull this off? Because, like, we were the only two but black also, people walking around. Imagine John Thompson bringing Allen Iverson, who had a record, who technically shouldn't have 
probably even been able to get in a school with an honor code, let alone be recruited for an elite basketball program. Like, I feel like today there would have been a Twitter campaign because everybody would have been pearl clutching and, and, and acting up. But for that alone, for bringing us AI for real, like, John Thompson has my, like, eternal love and respect because no other coach would have done that. Yeah, especially with how AI's, like, rise to grace as the number one player in the country arguably in football and basketball at that point. And then when the situation happened at the right. bowling alley and no one wanting to touch him. His, like his, his entire life, huh? Like without John Thompson, Allen Iverson would still be maybe like a regional legend for people who knew his high school career, but none of us would have ever heard of this dude. He would have had a normal ass job, somewhere who knows what would have happened he probably would have ended up in the criminal system in the criminal justice system and i say this not as a statistic but because i actually know people who alan hung with and that would have happened and 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 you know it's just like this is the difference in somebody seeing past your present like dumb shit yeah like and actually putting in context like this is a kid he's clearly got talent he made a mistake let me give them a second chance, which too many of our young black people don't get. And lastly, like the thing that people often don't mention is that we all know what John Thompson and George Sound did for Alan Iverson. Like Alan Iverson always says, George, John Thompson saved his life. But what people don't really talk about is what Alan Iverson did for Georgetown. Because Alan Iverson made Georgetown cool to a new generation. Like we cheered for them because someone in our in our family liked them because they were the black school. Allen Iverson was ours. It was like, this is the dude with the paddle of the Jays and the Kente cloth. And if you study Georgetown basketball, they were defensive-minded. It wasn't about scoring. It wasn't about one player. And hey, I got there, and Thompson basically was like, no, nah, you do what you want to do on offense, and we'll play defense. <laughs> and we had right. never seen John Thompson give offensive freedom to anyone ever. And then look what we got out of it with Allen Iverson. And then, like, for us, it was just like, oh, this isn't just a black school. Like, this is the cool black program. Okay. Um, and because if, if Iverson doesn't go there, of course, like you said, he's still some regional legend. But still, I think the, the prestige that Georgetown had falls off for other generations. And they don't view it as a like, Oh, that's the school AI went to because a lot of kids right. don't remember Ewing and Alonzo and Matumbo. It was, it right, was right, the right, big right. man school and big man ain't sexy. But when you got, and AI yeah, is not a big and man. And when you got AI, <laughs> who is, we can talk about the, the biggest cultural icon, maybe in basketball history. And you add him. Literally program. changed, literally changed the culture and energy of young basketball players like changed the whole perception of the swag of a ball player like completely changed yeah so like yeah that it was a a perfect marriage um that works for everybody and that really really happens so coach coach thompson we thank you we salute you 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 completed a work and also with somebody who completed a work. So, like, as you said, on Friday night, late Friday, it was like, what, like 11, 10, 30, something? It was late. Um, news broke that Chadwick Bozeman had died at 43 after a battle with colon cancer. And that um, he had actually been diagnosed in 2016 with stage 3. 
which means that he was this means that he shot Black Panther and when he um, won bridges and fin yeah and um the spike joint and yeah but but because of the physicality because he did his own stunts I think you know Black Panther and Infinity War Endgame really stand out because I thought about so let me back up last week I was really careful about how much I was processing news because I from from the time that um Jacob um got shot I knew that I had to be careful because some because I think what we say this but I need people to really understand that for the black people that you know non-black people who are listening when we see this happen it there is it is impossible for us to not think about that could be family right it is impossible for us to not process that as somebody that we know there's there's not a real ability to detach from it anymore maybe there once was but not that that stopped i want to say that stopped at ferguson um and in order to just even be able to be on zooms with y'all calls with y'all respond to emails (laughs) and like be normal and not just like flip the fuck out (laughs) requires an enormous feat of um, grace grace and also like a a a, um compartmentalism self-awareness um and also like a little bit of like I realized that kind of I I was like I'm, I gotta put up like a retainer wall or something like you you kind of gotta decide to selectively take information in right because it'll get to a point where it, it's just it's just too much like 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 you're not you're not gonna be able to you're not gonna be able to deal with it so um that's what I was doing last week because I had. I think like three deadlines that I had to get through. And I was like, if really like, if I watch the videos of the players, if I watch LeBron's press conference, if I watch what Chris Webber just said, if I watch this clip, if I watched um, the news conference with Jacob's sister, if I watch, like I'm, I'm the dam's going to break. But when I heard about Chad, I was writing um, my piece on Brandy and Monica, which we're going to talk about. And I was towards like that last quarter, like I was coming in for the close and I decided to take a break and um, go on. um, I wasn't on Twitter. I was on this other app, Clubhouse, and I popped into and somebody kept pinging me to come. So Clubhouse is a new app and it's divided by rooms, but it's audio only. So somebody kept pinging me to come into a room. I was in another room. So I finally went in there and they were talking about. Chad. This is what I heard when I went in there. Talking about Chad. Keep Chad's wife in mind and what she's been through with him with the cancer and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, shit. Are you talking about Chadwick? So then I came out of it and then I went to Twitter and I was like, fuck, Chadwick Boseman's dead. And, you know, we've been seeing pictures of him over the past year. Mm-hmm. Um... And saying, you know, he didn't look healthy. I hope he's okay. Is this for a movie role? If it for a role. And that was that was my I decided to I chose to decide it was for a role because I feel like a lot of us are very quick 
to assume something's wrong with somebody as soon as they alter their appearance, drop I weight. Like you. We I was like, oh, he went full Christian yeah. Bale. He's right. got some role coming up. Yeah. This is what this is for. Because we'd be quick to put somebody in the grave. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna assume. Um, but it made me think about after, you know, after Black Panther and after Endgame, how we would comment about how tired Chad would look to give in the <laughs> Wakanda Forever salute. And I was like, yo, he was, like, he was really tired. Like, his body had to be, like, two years of promo just straight back to back. Because, like, from Black Panther going into Infinity War, it was just... And 21 Bridges. You know? It was... It, and then 21 Bridges, blood. and then he was still shooting. <laughs> and he was still... Uh, the um, he, was movie. Signed, he, he shot the Ma Rainey Black yeah, Bottom. He, he shot the Ma Rainey's Black Bottom movie. And and he was under contract to do... um He was signed on to do a movie about a black... um martial arts no a black samurai a black samurai like a, a actual black samurai you know another historical figure i can't recall the name and that in our car and that thinking about like that quiet dignity to choose not like ryan coogler didn't even know he was nobody sick. so choosing to push through spike lee said the same thing <laughs> yeah what must have been like incredible physicality bring all of it to filming because he knew how important this comic book movie was for us. That broke me. That finally broke and then me. Because that was just... And man. then also the fact, it wasn't that, like like you said, the stunts and you're the star of the movie. Like right. You have to understand what came with that because you're carrying the movie and all the press runs, all the questions we all for you. Things, but we also literally made him T'Challa. Yeah. Like we literally made him. You sent you everywhere. You're on all these yeah. ma- all these photo shoots, all these interviews, and then at- and international yeah. junkets, not just local, international. And then junkets. after that, and you got the other, you got Infinity Wars, you got Endgame, you got Twenty One Bridges, the normal stuff you did before for movie promo. It's it's bigger than ever because you've reached uh, another tier of celebrity. Like, you are... Mm-hmm. You went from being an actor to a movie star. <laughs> when you were a movie right. star... Right, That's different. <laughs> that it's a different type of, uh, of thing you have to deal with. And it wasn't just that, like, yeah, he was just Black Panther. It was just like, nah, he was Chadwick Boseman now. And yeah. you're featured on stuff, and people are inviting you, and the invites go up, and what's expected mm. of you in front of cameras and in front of people is different because you're not the guy that's, oh, I think he was James Brown or he was Jackie Robinson. It's like, oh, no, you're that guy. And when you're that guy, you have to always be on. And to always be on with what he was dealing with, like, I just can't imagine the amount of endurance, (laughs) physical endurance. Yeah, physical endurance, emotional endurance. Um, There was a clip. And it started spreading after I saw it the first time. And after I saw it some, I couldn't watch it again when he was talking about how... Because he was doing work with um, Children's Hospital, with children who had cancer. And he was talking about two little boys who... Oh, when they did the radio interview when they were on there? Yeah, when he was talking about two little boys. He was... And he was with, okay. you know, his whole... All his co-stars. He was talking about two little boys who, you know, their, their, their diagnosis um, was terminal... And they were trying to hold on till the movie came out. 
and when I say that Chadwick's voice, this is this is how you know how much he was holding together. Chadwick's voice was level and clear. And then he just said, and when I found out they, and it's like something in him just cracked open. It wasn't even like it was building up, mm-hmm. right? He went from like, like a completely level speaking voice. So immediately, and I, and I imagine that 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 crack in him is something that he was holding together this entire, entire time, right? And also that he was giving himself to us to, to create this, legacy of black to intentionally create this legacy of black storytelling when he had been home with his wife for you know x number of years but he knew how important the stories he was he was part of were and and that to me like that level of sacrifice you know people might say you know y'all y'all making him sound like a hero when he was an actor no what he's doing in terms of representation was was so important. It was so important, and he recognized that, and he was so intentional in it. And you know, there there is something to take away if, from that. There is something to take if away. If you that. think about the last five, six, seven years, there are two mm-hmm. things that have changed the game in terms of black people in Hollywood, and when it comes to television and movies. In television, it was like it, hate it, love it, liked it for a little bit, then it got trashed. Empire. What Empire mm-hmm. did for television for black people and what Black Panther did in movies. No matter how... Wait, what did Empire... Because Empire brought the bat, the primetime... Um, Empire broke. It was like, all of a sudden, oh, we got all these black shows that came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And if Empire mm-hmm. would have sucked, who knows what happens. But when Empire show, hey, black people in all black on Fox at 8, 9 o'clock once a week right. can be the hottest show on TV. Not the best, right, but right, the right. hottest. Every other studio was just like, we got to get us a black show. Again, which, by the way, had happened 20 years ago. So it was like, it was almost like yeah, a cycle. Yeah, it was like yeah. the 90s all over again. But mm-hmm. with the way we have social media and you can hear fans, you know, in, in, real, time. in real time what they think. And then think about all the black shows that came after Empire and how good they all were and how that's leading to mm-hmm. other stuff and more stuff and more stuff. There's just been this snowball effect and the same with Black, like black Panther. Think about all the black movies that have come out since Black Panther and how well they've done. And you got a Moonlight and, and even this terrible this green. Wait, was wasn't Moonlight before? Moonlight was before. You're right, you're right. My bad. My bad. Moonlight was. Yeah, I think Black, black Panther was part. Of, I do what I do think though is that with Black Panther, what it shows is that you can have black stories that aren't centered around black trauma, mm-hmm. and that's what we needed. Like we don't have, we have never actually had a lot of black fantasy, futuristic, you know, superhero-based um, storytelling, especially not, like, a, a, a blockbuster situation. We, so like, I, the closest thing we had, I know people was talking about Blade back in the day, Wesley Snipes, but the closest thing was... And he was a vampire. Yeah, but, but, like, he... That Blade kicked off Marvel movies, but... When right. X-Men first came out, and they and those movies were being huge numbers. And we had one in there with Holly Berry playing Storm. And mm-hmm. if you talk to, like, comic book nerds, especially black ones, they will get pissed off talking about that and how Storm was depicted and how she always had this small role to one black person when I was like, look, if you actually read the comics or know the backstories, like, Storm was the strongest. Storm was a beast. Like, yeah. besides Professor X, mutant. And they just had her, mm-hmm. like, making it rain. 
and that was it. And they were just like, <laughs> right. y'all got the best one in the bunch, and y'all just got her in the corner being cute. Like, what's up with this? So right. To fast forward away to Black Panther, where it was just like, oh, they got they got everything. Like, everything. And you even got, like, a villain. I, that's what made me, like, I appreciate Black Panther so much, is that the villain story, I was always, when the movie came out, you know, people were like, was you rocking with the child or were you working with, rocking with Killmonger? And, like, Killmonger was my guy because his reasoning behind what made him the quote-unquote villain was so real. And I'm like, yeah, like, that's how black people feel. That is exactly, mm-hmm. we have those conversations. And it wasn't some comic-y book, oh, I want this power, or it wasn't no Thanos, I want some some stones. It was like, no, nah, like, I'm black. Y'all turned y'all back on me. I'm trying to liberate black people. What's up? And right. it was like, oh, I, oh, he's got a point. Like, this is good. Where are we going? A complicated villain, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, so I just, you know, Ryan Coogler wrote that um, he was literally had been working on the script for Black Panther 2, and, you know, how much it broke his heart that he, he wasn't going to be able to see Chadwick deliver those lines. Um, what I do want to say is black people, stop stop making your baby um, hold funerals with their action figures and put pictures of it on Instagram. Stop that. Stop stop telling your children that Black Panther is dead. Black, black Panther is not dead. Chadwick Boseman is dead. Because we had 48 if Batmans. If, <laughs> if your baby is five, they don't even need to know that Chadwick Boseman died. Black Panther's fine. If I see one more, like the first little, the first little Marvel heroes, Act- like funeral I saw, the first one I was like, oh, that's like, that's sweet and that's noble the, and everything. The then like, then like the sixth one where the kid was like in tears, streaming down his face. Like it looked like they needed to hold a newspaper up next to him for the date. Like he looked like he was really forced mm-hmm. to do that. I was like, yeah, y'all, y'all taking this too far. It, these babies don't need to know Chadwick is dead. And even if they do, you got to explain to them the difference. Like, don't tell them Black Panther. That Black Panther... So I brought this up. Black, not only is Black Panther a character, but even if you want to liken it to the actual canon, Black Panther is a role that is passed down from generation yes. to generation. The, we watched the first Black Panther die when his daddy blew right. up. And, 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 exactly, and, and Black Panther. War. So if you want to go, if you want to go about that, Black Panther made it. So like, so, so just stop, just stop tormenting your babies for likes. That's all I was gonna say. All right, let's move on because we already well into this shit. Um, Tormenting your babies for likes. I also just wanted to to tell y'all that John King remains not shit. Um, Send out, out an email about round about. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, the day after Chadwick died. So not even a real full 12 hours after Chadwick died. That was essentially, I'm paraphrasing, and y'all are going to think I'm really exaggerating with my paraphrasing, but y'all can go to my Instagram or my Twitter and see where I posted it. Actually, several people posted it. You can search Sean King email on Twitter and you'll find it. But the paraphrase was basically... Hey, y'all, so I sent y'all an email yesterday just to check, because he had sent out an email on Friday just to say, how are you? No, really, how are you? Hit me back and let me know how you're doing. I'm going to check my email, whatever. So 
he does that occasionally to make all to make you feel many, like he gives, however many bajillion people he's spamming to make you feel like there's a personal connection there. Um, but so his email was like, "Hey y'all, remember like I emailed you yesterday to check on you and ask how you were doing, and then we found out Chadwick Boseman died." Wow, that's crazy. That's why you should buy my book. <laughs> yes. And here's the Amazon link, and here is this other link, and here's this other link, and here's this other link, and here's this other link. I love all y'all. Bye. That's an extreme paraphrase, but not really. Like that's kind of that's that, that was there. the play. That's what happened. I'm not really I'm not really stretching it that far. No. Um so the good news is, I can always tell when Sean's trending now because I start seeing people my start, thread retweeted. People start jumping People start pictures. tagging us. Um, yeah, don't, like, fuck him, really, <laughs> seriously. And I, and I think that this might be, because it's a celebrity and it's not a black victim of violence, because it's a celebrity who died through an illness and not through violence, through I think illness that, this, that has touched probably all of us many and also because it's a beloved celebrity right i think that this has finally gotten some people to be like oh wait that's grimy and then this nigga sat up there like i i literally did not use my email um i literally did not use chat to sell my book no you absolutely did that's what your email did you could have just left you could have just left that out or you could have or or you could have rescheduled you could have sent the email another day because he said there was already email scheduled to go out. You could have sent it yep. out another day. You didn't need to send it out that day. You didn't need to send it out that morning, first thing. But you know what the positive of all this is? Is that... Uh, is the illumination of it? It is. It, it is. Every time I check my mention and I see your name tag with my... I get a little choked up inside because y'all are listening. <laughs> y'all are listening They do listen. They are really y'all listening. Y'all are hitting us really up with listening. the tagline. With the hashtag, and I'm like, we are making a change in the world. I and I and you know what? I appreciate because that. y'all are finally understanding that y'all need to stop giving the white man y'all <laughs> money. <laughs> and this is why I give the disclaimer that I actually do not insist that Sean King is white. I don't know what boy is, but stop giving him your money. He's Whatever. white. Whatever you. Whatever you believe his ethnicity to be. Because only a white man that's trifling would do some shit like that. I do have <laughs> to say, I do have to say that if there was a case for Sean being white, putting Chadwick in that fucking email, that's a pretty convincing argument in and of itself. Just that mm-hmm. by itself Taste is pretty like... Taste the soup. Uh-huh. That is pretty like... Uh-huh. 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 That is pretty... That is... Yeah. You know what? Mm-hmm. Come on over. Come on over. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm just saying, yeah. Back okay. if you need me to dunk you in the water. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> okay. So yeah, fuck Sean King, as always. And even Newsweek caught wind of it. And Sean King for once did not news Newsweek did a story on it. Sean for once did not give a comment. Sean always gives a comment. Uh oh. Sean always gives a comment. He did double down and said that he didn't regret putting uh Chad's name in the email. I wonder if that I wonder if that maintained. Um, but anyway, moving on. So the other thing that happened on a light on a lighter note-ish. So since the moment versus started <laughs> and fans were debating what matchups they would love to see, 
Brandy and Monica, Bran Bran and were up, were up, were up on the top of the leaderboard, right? But, and they were up there because we just felt like we could never get it. You know, we always want right. stuff. Right, we knew that we, we were never have. gonna get it. We knew we were probably never gonna get it. But the the other reason that they were up there was because for their entire bless their hearts for their entire careers, these women cannot be mentioned one without the other. And my heart goes out to them for that because that's really unfair. Their entire careers. They they have to be tethered, aligned, or whatever have you. So Monica said in May, I think, that she wasn't interested for that very reason. For the reason Sidebar, that... Sidebar, if, um, if, if, if you all want to listen or read a, a fabulous write-up that chronicles mm-hmm. all of this, please head over to Zora yes. at Medium.com. There's a wonderful, wonderful article by a young lady named Naima Cocker. <laughs> yes, I um somebody had asked me if I was gonna write about this and I told them I felt like I was over indexed on versus content. But then Christina Tapp, shout out to Tap. editor, shout out to Tap, um, who is an editor of Zora, asked me to take a look at the at their beef, quote unquote, feuds over the years and determine like how much was real and how much was made up. And what I discovered was that even though like I I was I've I've been there on the journey since the beginning, what I discovered was that um, a, uh, for the last several years, like, it's been kind of one-sided. It's really been kind of brandy keeping it going. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why. Oh, and, oh, we um, found out last night. <laughs> we found out last night. We still don't know why. We just we just saw it in, in oh, real time. Wow. I found out. I, I, I okay. listened. But, but there was, but there was real, um, so, Wait, let me you let me go back. So it made Monica say she didn't want to do it. When I was talking to Tim and Swizz for the Billboard piece, they were telling me that Monica was coming around. And I know Ray J already had Brandy sold on the idea. Because Ray J was one of the first people to bring it up publicly. You know why? He brought it up on because the Wendy Williams show. Because he's messy? No, because he had, because he had he one wish. Him. You know what? Whatever. So... Two weeks ago, which I think is the earliest we've ever had a Versus announcement, they announced that we were getting Brandy and Monica. And everybody was like, first everybody pearl clutched. But then the fans, who are the problem, started throwing shots at the two ladies. And they're the problem, right? Like, they keep this shit going. So when I researched my article, what I realized was that the comparisons, I don't know. I really don't know because it was them, it was them Leah. They were the three that came out around the same time, same age. They were in they were in their own little group with Usher. It was in terms of age and exact timing, the four of them in their own little little R and B class. But they didn't compare Aaliyah, they just compared Brandy and Mo. And they always had different vocal styles. They always had different personal styles. And obviously they always had very different personalities. And I think that when they met for real, they just didn't like each other. And I can see it. You know, Brandy was like the goody goody America sweetheart. You know, she had that she had that Whitney Houston package. Like you saw it that same playbook. But the thing was that Monica actually was closer to should have been closer to the Whitney Houston package. She was she was under Clive. Mm-hmm. She had that beautiful clear contralto, right? 
but she was actually hood. The thing was that Monica didn't feel like hiding the hood. She wasn't inclined to hide the hood. It always for felt like Monica was actually who Whitney Houston was in real life. And Brand- they right. wanted Brandy to be who like, Whitney, Whitney Houston, Houston presented, presented to, be. to be. Exactly. And Whitney gravitated towards Monica because she saw herself in Monica. And obviously she gravitated towards Brandy because Brandy was a talented singer this. actor. <laughs> Yeah, so so she took she put her arm around both of these young women, but over the years, so that so there definitely was smoke, and I believe it was some old like kind of what we saw last night. Brandy probably throwing digs at Monica because she hood, and there was an occasion where Monica punched her in the face. Bop, bop. Um, just real quick, bop, bop. just real quick, just cause. Uh, but that was a very long time ago, and but but with all of this. My thing is, like, it probably cost us so much. Like, The Boy Is Mine was number one for 13 weeks. They performed that song together live one time. You know, we could have had a whole tour. And that was that on the VMAs in 98. That number one for, like, 10 years. Like, that shit. <laughs> it's, the top selling, it's the top-selling female duet of all time. Still, what? right now, today. Not, not, not Whitney and Mariah, but Brandy and Monica. And that, we could have got uh, The Boy Is Mine tour. We could have got a fucking who knows we could have got a remixes of Brandy and Monica fucking duet album or something. I mean, they came back together in 2012 for it all becomes me. Could have had all kind of shit. They could have done all kind of shit together, but no, like they did with the Jacksons. (laughs) But no, we like to be messy. We like mess too much, which is the same thing that's been going on internet. So what I think we saw last night. So first of all. Last night was fantastic. The culture needed it. Mm-hmm. Both ladies, really, whatever you about, you about to hate. Both ladies' music is um, on the single side and the album side. It has uh, re-entered the top forty in Apple Music. Um, they're just like literally all their shit is back into the, is back into the top forty, which is awesome. Um, they broke one point one million. Viewers on IG, which is a record for versus on IG because Face and Teddy were still doing a dual screen and the bandwidth couldn't support it. So they they I think they kept out at like eight something for Teddy and for Teddy and uh Face. But I don't know yet what the viewership was for Apple for Apple TV. And some people like me watching on both. Like I would be Instagram on my phone and Apple on the on the screen, on the TV screen. But um Brandy's weird. Yeah, that's why I was like, it was last night was strange. Because, I mean, we needed we needed the music, and yeah. I personally needed people to be reminded that Monica can fucking yeah. sing, and she had bops. People act like Monica has only ever been on uh, Missy tracks, adult adult R and B, or yeah, just on adult R and B radio. Like Monica was on a pop, she was on a pop track. Yeah. Monica was she was on that pop path, that pop star path, uh, but you know. She was 16 years old dating Sea Murder and, you know, doing shit like that. And Clouds having a heart attack. But I but yeah, Brandy, Brandy is what Brandy is what happens when people have parents as managers for their entire career. And like never move them motherfuckers out. Of it. And don't because I was really thinking last night, like, I don't know of Brandy to have friends except for her mama and Ray J. Yeah, I saw that tweet. So one tweet, the, the two famous tweets I saw were, Ray J really is her best friend and only friend, and that... Like, legit. And they was like, Brandy is dressed like how Andale used to be dressed in Moesha. And that's why it was so <laughs> weird to me, because I was like, 
I was at a little watch party last night. It was in the backyard. We were distancing. We were outside. We mm-hmm. were mashed up. But the conversations we were having, and we just started going down the line. And it, we weren't blaming Brandy. We were kind of just like coming to the real. I blame Sonia. That all of this stuff like was happening to her because it just felt like she was never allowed to be a child or a teenager from, right. from the fake wedding that she got on TV and talked about. She never got married to the, the, the vehicular manslaughter to the relationships that were very public and then went away. Cause I was like, people don't even talk about, she was with Quentin Richardson for a long time and that never developed. She was with Quint, she was with Q and um, then she was um, engaged to a Sony exec yeah. whose name I can't remember. And then that just went, you can just tell that she, what I realized was what we've seen from her for the past few years when people were like Brandy, like when she was being, being like, whatever about the So Gone Challenge was then, which turned into a whole like thing. Like a couple years ago, and she did a show and she was... She changed she was lip, no, she she was lip singing and it was like, that. It, Brandy don't lip sing? Like, well, also, know. like, she did... She, well, she did a Soul Train Award. She changed her lyrics to reference Monica. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, like, 2016, 2017. They, like, Monica posted something about Whitney. My, no, Monica said something about Whitney. Brandy posted something about Whitney. Like, everybody wants what we had. It's all really petty. And I realized that Brandy just never... Two things. And I'm and I'm talking shit. I don't know Brandy Norwood in person, for real. But just as someone, again, who's observed her entire career. And who know a couple people. I, have a, I know a producer who was like, yo, she's wild annoying in the studio. And then she mentioned that she'd be doing, like, 32 takes and... All this kind of shit. Um, and if you notice, like, her collaborative list is not broad. Nope. But um, I was like, yo, she she is she's jealous of Monica's ability to have really just been who the fuck she was. Her whole career. Freedom. Right? Freedom. And, like, and, and own it and turn it into a life. Now Monica has songs, like, called, like, Sideline Hope. Like Monica was like, I'm just gonna. This is this is where I'm at. This That's, is my. The story life. about that last night was hilarious with the tank story. And I own that, yeah. And like I own that shit. But then, but even with that, Brandy's telling Sarai, cover her ears. Sarai's 18 years old. She need to cover ears to hear help. Brandy, is, I mean, Ray her J is her uncle, uncle. Got a whole last sex tape and stay on the blogs. Like her uncle, stay with Salon. Like what? So even that was like what? So it's like she, I think that that's definitely the most time they ever spent together where they were forced to only interact with each other and not anybody else directly. And I think that Brandy literally does not know any other way to talk to Monica other than to keep the good girl, hood girl shit going. And it's like, y'all 40. Like stop the madness. That, uh, what what did you? Think? One of the the comments that I either read or heard somebody say was, "You can tell that Brandy came up in a way where it's media training, present this way, present this way, present this that way." And we know Monica always bucked that, and that might have been why her star wasn't as bright to some, not to all, back in the day. But now we live in a day and age where we crave authenticity. Which is why now for the last five, ten years, the persona yeah, the has changed. It's like we look at that manga, like, no, nah, that's the homie. It's the, the jokes, Gunica, like hey, she ain't with the games. We respect that. We like that. All the stuff in her her relationships and the kids. It's like that's relatable. 
to where you look at Brandy, she's still the girl in the glass house, and it's like, don't nobody got time for that. Don't nobody want to deal with you. Nobody, and we, I think Brandy's just like, wait, what? Wait, this is what always. This how I became a star. Now y'all telling right. me that what I am, nobody wants. And she, and you can tell she really can't adjust to it. And and the other thing with Monica though is that as much as everybody calls her Gunica and all that other shit, Monica had to grow up so young. So she was trying to tell this. She was not tell it, but she was referencing like what she had gone through kind of at a young age. And Brandy kind of like talked over her, diverted. Cause I think she was, I think she knew that Monica was getting to the point about Whitney, like being there for her in Atlanta and helping her out. And Brandy be looking away when she tells that story. And cause Brandy feels like only she can talk about Whitney. And, um, but what Monica was reference, trying to reference was when she was 18, her boyfriend at the time shot himself in front of her, committed suicide in front of her. So imagine going through that at 18. Like, he locked himself in the car. She couldn't... She was standing outside the car. She couldn't get to him. And then she actually said that she went to her car and got her own gun. So Monica's packing at 18. Let's also revisit that part to get the car open and get to him, but it was too late. And, like, at that point, this little girl over here from Brentwood... Talking about whatever the fuck is not going to feel important to me anymore. And on, like, and on top of that, having to Monica at 18 and who she might have dated and been with before that, you know, that, like, we were talking about last night, like, people forgot because we kept reminding some of our homegirls, it's like, yeah, like, she, Brady and no, uh, oh. she was 14 when this thing dropped. <laughs> like, people forget, right. like, she was. That's when like she was 13, like, yeah, 14. I was 12 when exactly. I sang this. And it was like, people like, 12? was like, yeah, y'all forgot the album came out when she yeah. was 14. These songs were made before 14. Because this back in the day where you worked on albums a year or so. Before you put them yeah, out. Yeah. Like, not, you just wait in the studio for three weeks and boom, you hit. It was like, uh, right, right. you had A&R and you had artist development. It took right. a year or two for an album to come out. So it was like, yeah. Like, Dallas did what he needed to do on that damn album. That album was amazing. Like, I like Brandy's album. But I rocked that. I rocked with Miss Thing album so hard. It was. It was. And it still to me that album still yep. holds up. That album still holds up. Um, but listen, shout out to Brandy and Monica. Um, I you know I don't think they ever they never need to be friends. They'll, they'll, their names will always be put together. They don't need to be friends. They just need to be able to fucking. Like, I believe Monica when she says that she respects Brandy's voice and all that she can do. I also just need Brandy fans to chill the fuck out. Like, calm. Brandy's so overrated. She's the vocal Bible. Tell her to make better song choices then. Like, we just don't. It's not that we don't believe she can sing. Y'all also put way too much weight on her runs. I know not everybody can do a run. I know that she's amazing at runs. I know that even Monica can't do runs the way Brandy can do runs. But Brandy can't sing. For you, I will. The way Monica can sing for you, I will. Either. Brandy is... Monica's voice is just like, it's just... Brandy is the... I mean, Monica's voice yeah. is just... I love Brandy's smoke and her layers, but but that Monica contralto, that shit... Brandy, ooh, that Brandy's shit. the better singer, but if... Like, we talk about this when I talk about, like, my favorite R&B groups. When you want to feel something, right. you putting on a Monica song. And Brandy mentioned that last night. She was like, Monica, you just reminded me that I need to feel what I'm saying because I'm too much of a perfectionist. And I agree with that. Like, Brandy technically 
is a dynamic singer. But Monica's tone, though, I, I sometimes, it depends on the material, but sometimes it's like Monica's tone is gorgeous. Um, all right, we are almost out of time. The last couple of things, we want to congratulate, well, I want to congratulate <laughs> Niecy Nash on her new and surprising Ooh, nuptials boy. to singer Jessica, what's Jessica's last name? I, I, I listen, I have thought about this since we brought I don't remember her her new wife's last name. Love wins. And I'm not being, I'm not being snarky. I know y'all are like, Naomi has hesitancy in her voice. Only because I was very surprised. But then I also realized that in 2020, it's not my fucking nope. business. You have, you like it, I love it. Um, Karen, what did you I, say? I, we, we talked a while about this yesterday. In production we sure for did. Show. And this is what I came up with. Um, I have no comment on it, but this is the question <laughs> I want to ask. Okay. Because this is the, the journalist in me. This is the button pusher in me. This is the... I like to look at things in a certain way sometimes in me. Karen Phillips' thoughts are his own and not indicative of Naima Cochran or Wednesday Service or the Bomb Podcast or Count the Dings. Go ahead. So, uh, to give context, this is why I'm asking this question. Last fall, I wrote a column that went viral and blew up. When I mean viral, I mean viral, viral. Your boy was on Tamron Hall show talking about this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It was about the situation last football season. Dan Mullen, who's the coach of Florida football, University of Florida, his wife, this white woman, there's a, this game day tradition where she kisses all the players as they get off the bus going into the mm-hmm. stadium. And the video went viral, so I wrote about it. That stuff went viral. Me and Tamron were talking about this. And I asked this question in the column, and me and Tamron talked about it a little bit. And I was like, my question why I brought this up was, and I called her, I said that she was sexually harassing these boys go, like, they all like black. She's this white woman. I was like, you can't tell me that a black woman, or if this was switched, a man of any color could do that to an all-female team, even if some was cool with it and some kisses were mm-hmm. on the cheek and some were on the lips. It was something about that, and well, that was 2019, felt wrong. And so when things mm-hmm. like that happen, I'm always like, okay, my question is... I'm really, I'm really okay. waiting for you to connect this My right question now. Okay. was, what would happen if this flip? So... Nisi Nash happens, right? So my question was, as I thought about today, what would the public reaction be if that situation was flipped and a man what do you and mean? a man did what Nisi did? I don't know. We've never seen that happen. Exactly. So I was like, I took whatever feelings I, I but had. What, but I mean, was but, like, I was but when you say what a man did, what Nisi did, like Nisi was a fully divorced no, 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 person no, for not, a while. I'm, I'm, I know that, but I'm saying we have, I think what caught people off guard with Nisi was one, we was like, wait, it's a divorce final or we had no idea it came out of nowhere. No, we, we actually did know the okay. divorce was final. She made, by, the time they, by the time she announced her divorce, done. she had already been divorced for some okay. time. But it was kind of... They've been split for over a year. It had came out of nowhere, and it was just like, I was scrolling my timeline, and it was like, boom, she whole hands mm-hmm. got on white, and I was like, whoa, wait, wait, whoa. There was no... It was like, whoa, where'd that come from? And I was thinking today, right. I was like, we had never seen anything like that. I was just like, wow. Actually, we have, just not with black... Just not with black actresses. Um, the woman who created Orange is the New Black left her husband for... Samira um, Wiley. Who say? So, yeah. So they 
she's she split up with her husband. Next thing you know, okay, they're married, still married. Now, when you say, and that was her first sex relationship, period. No, I'm okay. telling you, that was her first same sex relationship. So, the thing about, I don't think you can directly ask the question like, what would happen if it were a man? Because no, I'm, I'm more about if so, it was how would what would I'm mine is it how would the public reaction? Well, no, that's what I was getting to because the public is still not, especially if it were a black man, the public is still not as accepting Correct. of seeing a black man who presented straight Correct. come out Correct. as they are a woman. But I, but I also want to celebrate it because there's only been a certain kind of one black woman who's been able to come out. I can't think, like, like Wanda Sykes, how can I say this? Wanda Sykes, black people fuck with Wanda Sykes, but she's like also kind of like a white person's black person. When Do you I understand? And, I, and some people Sykes are going to understand. I was I, like, really? <laughs> and I don't have time to explain what I mean by but that you know tonight, but I, will, but I will come back to it, right? And that's not saying, again, not saying we don't fuck with her. But y'all know what but, we're saying. <laughs> right. But if you really look at the landscape of black entertainers over a certain age, so Gen Xers and Boomers, there are not a lot. Even Robin Roberts, she's married to a white woman. Wanda Sykes is married to a white woman. There are not a lot of um, out black entertainers, um, of black women entertainers who are in relationships with black women, oh, right? Not a, of of a certain age. Correct. So. I actually want to, and and it's not that we like the the brat just came out like a month ago. Mm-hmm. We've known she was gay Since for twenty the first years. Feature on Jermaine like, Dupri, but she did not feel comfortable. It took her twenty years to feel comfortable to come out. So that's that's kind of what I'm getting to. So I actually want to celebrate the fact, like it's a it's a it's a it's progress. Yes, it is, and it's a progressive step because you know we. Nisi is lusted after by both sexes, so that's not a thing. But but I'm but I'm I'm happy and I am encouraged by it. And who knows? Like maybe we got to get to the point where everybody's fully okay with you know our black women coming out before we start talking about what if the roles were reversed and it was men. But I, I get your point, but there's just more. Yeah, and that's why I preface it with it, like know? sometimes when situations happen, I'm always just like in my head, like what would happen if this was flipped and how would people react? Because right. I'm always interested, like, okay, what if, if that one's, if that's fine, how come this isn't? And why do you think that right. way about this, but not that? And that's what popped in my head. It was like, if we had seen this black man that women liked and dudes wanted to be like, and it was attractive and had like two marriages, got divorced, and then out of nowhere... He was with a guy, and I was just wondering what would the reaction. But it would. But there, the reaction wouldn't even have been about third marriage and the time for marriage. It would be about the black person being gay, period, which is the difference. Which is the difference. Um, all right, guys, that's our time for this week. Um, good Lord willing, and the creek, creek don't rise. We will see y'all again on uh, next week. Oh yeah, this is uh, Labor Day. It's over. Crazy. Did we have one? 
I mean, it there was I one mean, we had some seasonal, months, seasonally. We had, some months we had a where summer it was hot, season, but I don't feel like it was <laughs> there was the season. The season of summer okay, happened. I don't know that you had. Did you have a Nutcracker this summer? And, the, and if the answer is no, that means we didn't have a summer because you get a Nutcracker every summer. There's a Nutcracker in my refrigerator. I have not had it yet, <laughs> but that's because there's always a Nutcracker in my refrigerator. I keep, I keep, there are certain things. So I thought I had said this on here before, but maybe not. I always keep an emergency nutcracker in my freezer. And there's about four black and milds hidden in different points in my house in case of emergency. That is the blackest shit I have ever heard somebody say. Because sometimes my nerves be bad and I don't need weed. I just need like three puffs of a black and a swig of wine. Why do blacks have the most signature smell to black people? It doesn't matter how old you are or where you are. You get a sniff of a black. You, who smoked? Somebody smoked a black. Huh? You know it's huh? a black. Yeah. I know. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you guys as always for listening. You could be listening to anything in the world right now. You're listening to us. Um, I am Naima. This is Karn Phillips. Karn, do you have any party words for people? Yep. Stop giving. Have fun, man. <laughs> Y'all funny. Good night. Good night, uh, or good morning. Whatever time this comes out. Thank you, Rob. All right, peace. <laughs>